0: Come on everyone to another episode of Side of the Storm. My name is M. Wessling, and as always, I am joined alongside Mr. Brandon S. as we got our final um, preseason podcast as we are wrapping things up on this four week slate with the Iowa State Defensive Preview. Um, obviously, probably the strongest um, unit on the entire team, or at least expected to be. But before we go ahead and dive into everything, uh, how are you, how you doing tonight, Brandon?
1: I'm doing good. On kind of glad it's the last preseason episode. I'm ready for the actual games to start yes. and we can start complaining about <laughs> players, coaches, all that and really just get back into the swing of things. Yeah.
0: And obviously a quick update before we go ahead and dive into that the U and I preview as Brandon alluded to will be coming out uh, in a, just a few days, Wednesday, recording this epi- the defensive episode um, last Thursday. You guys listened to this on Monday night. Um, we're hoping to record this um, Tuesday night, which I guess is tomorrow for, your, for you guys, because usually Campbell has his um, press conference before um, each week's game on Tuesday um, afternoon. So in the hopes he names a starting quarterback, we'll be ready for it, um, but I'm Probably not expecting to hear a a name um,
1: by, by Tuesday. No, he's definitely somebody that keeps things pretty lock and key in that room, for sure. And I don't think it's really worth giving your opponent any more information than they already have with you and I. They usually compete with us as is, even knowing the starting quarterback. So I don't expect much news out of that press conference. Maybe a couple injury updates, but that's about it. Yeah.
0: So with that, we will jump on into the position group deep dives and just our overall defensive um, depth chart here. So obviously a couple of big things in terms of the guys the defense loses. Um, the biggest one, Will McDonald, followed by that, um, Anthony Johnson, um, Orion Vance, kind of the big three at each level. And then obviously Iowa State also loses Isaiah Lee as he um, left the Iowa State team. Iowa State's football team after um being involved in the whole gambling situation. So um, Iowa State lost kind of the big leader in each spot, um, and then the defensive line probably took the biggest hit um, in that sense, and they're also probably the youngest line of the group, and that's where we're going to go ahead and get things started off. So um, I've seen, me and Brandon have both seen, different depth charts, ESPN, Cyclone Fanatic, Iowa State's roster. Everybody has the defensive line listed at different positions, and we even kind of have them listed as different things. The way that I look at it is there's a nose tackle or the guy in the middle. So, I mean, first off set the scene, Iowa State obviously runs that 3-3-5, so you really only have to think of three. You got a nose tackle, and then it's really just two defensive ends. But for the most part this year, Iowa State's only speed slash finesse rushers are more of kind of outside linebacker-esque, kind of like a Will McDonald. Um, And kind of, so I have them named as edge position, but honestly, it doesn't matter. There's a big boy on the inside, and then there's two rushers on the outside. Um, So I guess we'll jump on the inside first. Um, I think it's pretty obvious number one,
1: um, Dominique Orange. Yeah, for sure. And I got to give credit to this (laughs) random Twitter account. Um, Commented on a Cyclone Fanatic post and came up with the nickname Big Citrus, which is. That's probably the greatest nickname I've heard as an Iowa <laughs> State fan. So I'm, I'm going to be calling him Big Citrus all year, whether he likes it or not. Yeah. Um, so this one
0: is, without a doubt, a no-brainer. Um, obviously, it would have been one – at at the one spot, it really would have been Isaiah Lee or Dominique Orange. Um, just kind of – they give you two different personalities in a sense, where Isaiah was more of your pass rusher um, on the inside. Dominique's just your big, big body – um, in the middle, great against the run. And without a doubt, I think outside of TJ Tampa, who we'll get to later, I think Dominic Orange has the most NFL upside of anyone on this roster,
1: and he's just a true sophomore. He's just a kind of body that we haven't had at Iowa State very much. Yeah. We usually don't have somebody that size that can play right away. He played as a freshman a yeah. lot in meaningful snaps, so... I think even though he's only a sophomore, he's going to provide a lot, little bit more stability at that position because um, what's his name? Got it left. Isaiah Lee. Isaiah Lee uh, <laughs> left the program. So you just have a little bit of gaps, I think, in the depth side of things at the defensive tackler, nose guard, whatever you want to call it. But um, as we can get to in the edge segment, there's a lot of big bodies there too, so you can kind of play – three guys that instead of having two small guys on the outside, you can play three guys with a similar body type and still be just as effective in stopping the run game. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing too, with Iowa state's defensive line. I mean, for me, I have
0: six guys listed as kind of like my top sec top six guys on the D line. And so in that case, Iowa state rotates their three a lot. So, I mean, I guess you kind of have your six rotational guys um, in my eyes. Um, so I guess flipping to those edge spots, Kind of at my defensive end or your bigger defensive players, um, so at the one I have Tyler Onyedem and then followed by him J R Singleton at the two. Again, I think what Brandon's alluding to if kind of Iowa State wanted more of a heavy set up on the D line, you just flip J R as a you know a starter and you have T O and J R on the outside with um, Dominic Orange on the inside. And that's kind of more of your bigger lineup, but in terms of kind of just looking at that pure defensive end. Good against the run, but more of a power rusher. That's where I think uh T.O. and J.R. are kind of slated into. But I think for now,
1: Tyler and Yedem's definitely get the head start on J.R. Yeah, I completely agree. There's just a lot of versatility you can have here in this defensive line group. They're all very skilled, very talented. Obviously, this is the best, the most talented group of guys we've had in the Iowa State history. Mm-hmm. So at some point, that's going to have to show, and that's a position where in the past under even Paul Rhodes, and going back even farther throughout Iowa State's history, we just haven't had that big of a talent. So even though you lose a guy like Isaiah Lee, there should be guys behind him that can step in and kind of fill that role. Yeah. And, you know,
0: guys like Dominic Orange and T.O., both of us will hit on those later for different reasons. Just give you a quick hint, it's they'll be in the rising stars and the captains categories. So keep listening and you guys stay to the end. Um, but I'll flip over to the edge spots so Brandon can kind of announce his whole defensive end spots. Um, But again, my edge are your smaller, more speed, finesse rushers, um, more of outside linebackers when you would go to the NFL. Um, at the one spot right now, I have Joey Peterson or Akena Iziagu or Ike, whatever you want to call him. Um, I think those are just the two guys that have been getting a lot of hype. I think Ike is one that's – like his name's been floating around forever. He just ne- hasn't necessarily had his chance. Um, I mean – You know, Wills occupied a spot for a while, and then even last year it was supposed to be, what was it, Blake Peterson. He ended up transferring, um, but then when he went, uh, then, like, MJ took it over. So Ike's just been behind some guys, and now he's going to have his shot as a pure um, speed finesse guy on that outside. I think it will be a lot of rotations between him and Joey Peterson um, for most part of the non-con, and really for a lot of the season, honestly. It just kind of comes down to... Who do they name the starter on day one? Maybe Joey Peterson, because he's the older guy and had a little bit more experience last year, but I think regardless, those two are on a pretty equal playing field. Um, Then in that two spot, on, at the edge spot, I have Jefferson Adam, who is a Juco transfer for Iowa State this year.
1: I completely agree with your thing about Peterson starting. That's just kind of something Campbell has done at pretty much every position, is start yeah. the guy with experience, but... Look out for Jefferson, Adam. He has that body type that can really work in the Big 12. Obviously, hasn't played a snap of Power 5 football, so you don't know if it's exactly going to translate right away or not. Yeah. But he's somebody that after five, six games could really take over that spot, along with Ike and Teo, that I think can really be difference makers and step into that spot left by MJ and Will McDonald last year and try to make up for somewhat of those sacks and impact plays.
0: Yeah, and I think the D-line group is, um, without a doubt, I wouldn't say the key of this group. I think, honestly, maybe the front seven as a whole is the key to this group. We know how strong the back end is. Um, but when you really look at both the defensive line and the linebackers, there's um, two real like veteran returners, in a sense. And I guess it's kind of even hard to say Dominic Orange is a veteran returner when he's a true sophomore. But in terms of the talent level... Dominique Orange and Gary Vaughn are kind of the two guys that really you can count on, and then you just have to fill the gap with a lot of younger players. Um, But I guess that kind of segs our way into the linebackers. So in the Will linebacker, I have Gary Vaughn as the number one. It's a clear-cut, no doubter. Um, And then behind him, I have Miles Mendezun. And then just like a quick thing, I honestly don't really completely understand the difference between – the Will and the Sam, they're just both outside linebackers. So in terms of the backups, I don't really know who's actually in what spot. But um, I know for sure that John Haycock said the words, Gary Vaughn is the starting Will
1: linebacker. So I can guarantee you that. I think the first two definitely are kind of locked in place already with McLaughlin and Gary Vaughn. So it's just kind of filling it around there. And I completely agree. I don't, I'm not a good enough football mind to understand what the difference is between the Mike, Will, Sam linebackers. It's just the three guys off of the defensive line. Yeah. As I just deep as my understanding goes.
0: I mean, in terms of like when I play Madden, it's right outside linebacker, or left outside linebacker, and middle linebacker. So I don't really get around the whole Will and Sam. I didn't play football long enough. And same when we get to like boundary safety, middle safety, free safety, uh, and all that. I mean, middle is pretty explanatory, but <laughs> regardless, um, I'll kind of fill in my gaps at middle linebacker. Brandon said it. Will, McLaugh- Mil- Will McLaughlin, I think is the other, no doubter. Um, he came in for Colby uh, reader um, at the end of the year last year, or not really the end kind of more towards the middle. I think he took over during the K maybe the end of the K state game and got his first start against Texas. Um, but Reader was an outside guy, so they rearranged the linebacking core. I don't remember if Vaughn or... I think Gary was in the middle, or maybe it was Orion Vance. I'm not entirely sure. I can't remember for sure last year how that linebacker spot um, was pre-Colby Reader injury. But obviously, when Will moved to the middle, um, he made he was really good there. So I, I agree, he certainly has it on lock. Um, in terms of the guys behind him, I have Jack Sadowski or Jacob Imming. Sadowski, a true freshman. Imming is like a top 50 recruit in the state of Iowa of all time. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I just know those are the two guys kind of behind him that are going to be fighting for that, the rotational piece. Cause similar, similarly to the D line due to just like only playing three at both spot and that linebacker is more common to just have three. You just see those rotations a lot
1: where the two strings do mean a lot in Haycock's defense. Yeah. And as you're going down these two deeps, pretty much you're, Seeing a lot of youth, mm-hmm. so that can mean a couple different things. First of all, the first couple games could be a little shaky when you're going against teams like you and I Iowa that really try to control the line of scrimmage, which can really af- affect your front seven on defense, but it also means you're going to have these guys for three plus years, Yeah, so they can really develop and get better over time, and you're going to look at something like game five or six where this defense really locks down and isn't allowing more than 20 points a game.
0: Yeah, And then kind of hitting on that last linebacker spot, we haven't talked about the Sam linebacker. Um, I just have it on a first string list. I have Zach Lovett or Carson Willick. Um, Lovett is a transfer out of Missouri. I think he might just be a sophomore, redshirt sophomore. Um, And then Willick is a redshirt freshman, so... In terms of how you look at it, Zach Lovett has more college football playing experience. Willick has been at Iowa State for a full calendar year. I believe Lovett was here in the spring, so that wasn't an issue. I think he had all that spring ball. Um, But that one is very pretty much a toss-up. You can't kind of go the route of veteran in a sense. I mean, you can. Lovett's played more college football. But I think nonetheless, in terms of any two-deep, I think... Uh, Carson Willis got the chance to really rotate at any three of the linebacker spots. I mean, last year with the injury to reader, he was playing in the middle, but I know he's more of a true outside guy. So I think he gives you versatility. Um, and it's not really a bad problem to have. I mean, I think even when you look back to 2020, 2021, it was a pretty firm three linebackers in terms of having Orion um, Vance in the middle with Mike Rose and Jake Hummel on the outside. But it was like, okay, you're always going to have Gary Vaughn to rotate in. And I think Carson Willich is kind of that fourth guy or Zach Lovett, I guess, depending on who gets to start. I think one or the other of those two is going to be a great rotational piece wherever in terms of the linebackers.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you've seen Campbell as much crap as I give the staff. We're not getting a ton of transfers when we lose more than we gain out of the portal each year. When he gets a transfer, they're usually pretty effective right away. Yeah. You see it with Reeder, you saw it with MJ Anderson last year. When you get that guy, it, he's usually going to start, he's usually going to make a difference just because he has experience elsewhere. So I would agree with your first two there, and linebacker is really a key spot for Iowa State, especially early on in the year when you're going against teams that pride themselves on the line of scrimmage, even going out to Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, where you know you're going to have a little bit of a talent gap. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how you can fill in with guys that are young and wanting to prove themselves.
0: Yeah, and I think kind of just quickly touching on even like your transfer portal thing, I think probably a lot of Iowa State fans in a similar boat in just a sense that with this current era, you would like to see as many transfers as you can, considering all the um, you know the players you leave. But I think also when you talk about Campbell's program, it's also, it's not just, hey, you're a good player, we're going to throw you X amount of dollars, you also need to be able to fit the culture. And I think that's kind of something interesting when you look at, and not to say, um, I think there is some middle ground where a guy doesn't have to necessarily gel with the team. He's just a dude, and it works out. But I think when you look at a Texas A&M, they throw all this money at a bunch of players, and they were really bad last year because nobody gelled because it was just a bunch of guys getting a bunch of money. Um, so I think when the only upside, I guess in a sense, is the guy that the guys that Matt brings in, you know, are gonna fit and they're going to be impact players, as you noted, Brandon, and I think even kind of going back, adding on to the guys that you talked about, um, you know, when you you brought in MJ Anderson and Colby Reader, I mean, you know, Hutch, after losing, well, Michael Pettway and Deshante Jones in 2019, which was, you know, solid receivers, but nothing crazy, you know, you bring in Hutch, and it was like, okay, well, you know he's going to be a starter, and then he turns out to be in my opinion, like a top two or three wide receiver at Iowa State all time. And then you're looking at a guy, even this year, at that wide receiver spot, you bring in one wide receiver transfer, and he's the guy that you're looking at to be the dude. So I think you touched on it really well, and just in a sense that the transfers that do come in are high-impact players, and they work in Campbell's culture. One thing
1: we kind of take it for granted as Iowa State fans is you never hear any locker room issues. Yeah. Which isn't the case at a lot of schools. Yeah. I think that's kind of something that gets overlooked, but you kind of expect with Campbell at this point. Yeah. So before we go ahead
0: and move on to the secondary, the one thing I did want to round it up on, and we kind of talked about it after we finished the defensive line room, but I think what makes this defense elite again is truly the front seven. There's nothing to worry about in terms of the back five, um, or I guess it's not necessarily front seven at Iowa State. It's the front six. But – I mean, you need pass rush, pass rush out of the D line. I think that's the big thing. Um, even with three man D line fronts, I think the linebackers help and make up for in the run game. Iowa State's been pretty solid in the run game as long as Haycock and Campbell have been here. The big question is where do where do you get that juice from? Where do you get your sacks? Um, obviously, we saw the answer. You know, we we watched Will McDonald for five years. Um, and he was kind of your juice. But then also, it doesn't necessarily always have to be a speed, finesse, twitch rusher. I think that's it's nice to kind of have that wrinkle and a guy that can just get off the ball, especially when you're facing quarterbacks who are very um, – the release is very good. So that's where I you would really hope for a guy like Ike or Jefferson Adam um, to really pan out in terms of a finesse guy. Um, but, I mean, you never – I mean, it, Iowa State doesn't rely truly on that kind of archetype from a pass rusher. You know, Eni Wazarike, one of the great pass rushers for Iowa State's D-line. Same with Jaquan Bailey. Both guys have the ability to kind of have those spin or rip moves that are kind of your more speed stuff. Um, but both guys were more defend-the-run power rushers. So that's where I think you see Tyler Oniedem, who can really step up into that spot. And you're going to be fine with Dominique Orange. Um, the hope is maybe you can get a guy um, who has that interior pass rush that you'll lose from Isaiah Lee. Um, but then when you go to the linebackers, obviously it's key for them to be able to help in the run game with Iowa State's three um, D linemen, um, but also just uh, do well to defend kind of the middle parts of the field, um, and also be good blitzers when Iowa State only rushes three for the most part. Um, when they do call blitz packages, it's usually just a one man blitz from a linebacker, and so that's where you need. You know, we know Gary Vaughn's a proven blitzer. Um, But if you can kind of see development out of McLaughlin and then solid strides from Lovett or Willich in that blitz game, I think those are the big keys in what makes
1: an Iowa State defense great to elite. You're losing Orion Vance in that pass rush, which I think really yeah. hurts. He was always around the ball. Yeah, Even Reeder, he was always around the ball, whether he's a step behind or not. And those are two um big linebacker pieces that you're going to be missing this year and they're a lot of the times what makes the pass rush go especially because three oftentimes are getting double teamed yeah obviously when you have five offensive linemen and a tight end all three guys are going to be doubled so you need somebody else in that position to step up and that's going to be something that's very important when you get into big 12 play and you have quarterbacks that can both run and pass which you don't really have in the um, preseason non-conference yeah for sure Uh,
0: so rounding things out on the defense the secondary by far the strongest unit on the defense the f- best y- unit on the entire team you're highlighted by the best cornerback tandem in program history and tj tampa who is a lock for the nfl hopefully that's back to back first round picks but knowing iowa state's luck he'll go top five in the second round we can't complain about <laughs> first round picks. yeah i know i know i know but I would just like to see it, um, but regardless, especially when there was plenty of first-round talent, whether it
1: went in the first round or not. Yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy was the last pick, so clearly the draft process isn't an exact science of yeah. finding your guy. Yeah, true. Also, he was announced as a starter today, so it's fun. It's also good, yeah. Um, and Brees is finally
0: practicing, coming off the injury. What? what one real, real quick thing, and know we're going to go to the offense real quick in terms of guys in the NFL – People are complaining about Dalvin Cook being signed to the Jets. I think it's actually a really good thing for Brees. He doesn't have to be that three-down bell cow back coming off of an ACL. So I know it sucks that Brees may, may not get as many carries, but that's probably going to prolong his life. Or not not prolong his life, but prolong his too. life in the NFL or a career um, in the NFL. Or life as well. It doesn't <laughs> take as many hits. That's true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, you look at the cornerback position going back to the defense. TJ Tampa arguably maybe the best quarterback ever at Iowa State. Maybe that's reach, but um, he's certainly really good. And Miles Purchase, obviously, and that's just a really good one-two punch on the outside. Two guys that can really be put on an island in man coverage and not have a lot of problems. Um, and then when you look at the two deep, I think Darian Porter is the guy that will get mixed in the most. Um, he kind of offers you do, uh, more length and speed. Um, so, most times he'll kind of go in with um, – well, I mean, he's gone in for both guys, TJ and Miles, but I think your better package is probably when he's with um, TJ because you get both of your lengthy corners. Um, and then Terrell Crosby is also another guy that I think will kind of be the fourth corner um, and definitely get some rotations.
1: Yeah, you have the first two completely locked down without any competition. Yeah. And then Porter's a really good number – Three or number two, however you want to look at it. Um, honestly, the defensive preview is kind of boring in a sense because you trust John Taycock so much yes. and you've never had a problem there. Yeah. And even like in 2020, the big thing was they don't start the game strong. Well, now they just start the game strong too. Yeah. So it's just a situation where you have the guys, you know you have the guys, you have the coaches, you know you have the coaches. Yeah. So now it's just finding <laughs> the guys that fill in at the two and three, and that's really what you can look for in the first couple games is just depth. Yeah. And that's kind of an exciting position to be in, even though there's not a ton of topics to talk about early in the season. Yeah, so then bouncing around
0: to the safeties again, I mean all five starters in the secondary, um every single person you'll listen or read to will say the same five guys you heard TJ and Miles. Um and then at your safeties, the backside safety, Malik Ferdon, free safety jeremiah cooper and middle safety Bo freeler also three guys you don't have to worry about at all you got your thud in the middle and Bo, who's great in the run also offers you some blitzes and then coop and verdone just good at holding down the back end um verdone does offer you a bigger body than coop so he can play more in the box um he will fill more in for ant in a sense. Um, but yeah, I guess just kind of your backup safeties, Trayvon McGee and Blank Thompson. I think kind of what Brandon was talking about. If you want to look for in the early games, in terms of the in terms of the defense, it's just those kind of
1: guys on the back end. Remind me of the name of the star guy that went to Ole Miss. Aishin Young. Aishin Young. So that was a big conversation last year, right? Yes. Was how would Ant adjust to playing that star role? Yeah. Um and. That was kind of a big concern of mine, especially going into the year, just because that position is so critical. You can't allow anything over the middle, and they really didn't at all last year. Yeah. And, honestly, this is the first year I can say I don't have any concerns as a safety. Yeah. Just because you have everybody returning. They've all played the position, which was Ansting last year. He didn't play the position well. Now he's on the Packers, and I think he made the roster, didn't yeah, he? He did Yeah, he did. So, I mean, you have Verdone. He can be your guy that can create some turnovers. He's yeah. the guy that can hit hard. He's yeah. kind of that actually young guy that can create turnovers through fumble, and that's kind of what Iowa State's defense has been missing for the most part. They know how to conserve points, whatever. They need some turnovers, and they need to score points because the offense probably isn't going to be able to do that up to the standard they need to. Yeah, and
0: I think real quick before we go ahead and move on to like talking the defense as a whole before getting like Rising Stars team captains and then special teams – I'm going to get the staff here real quick because I know I want to get his name right. I'm pretty sure it's Hank Poteet. Yep, so Hank Poteet brought in as the cornerbacks coach previously of Wisconsin. I think he was there for maybe a decade. Um, But he was also a Super Bowl champ on the Patriots. And one thing, um, if you're an NFL fan, you know that Belichick was always known for great defenses. And so Poteet playing on the Patriots, um, I think that's a really good... Um, guy to be thrown in there and he's just cornerbacks obviously um, safeties coach Dion Broomfield still the same um, but I think that's really good not that you really need that added benefit to TJ and Miles but if you're telling me an NFL corner gets to coach the best
1: cornerback duo in Iowa State history that just makes me even more excited yeah I mean for sure anything you can add on to the defense that's already top five in the country yeah is a positive and Super Bowl champion, can't hurt in that matter. And you're working with a guy that's been in the NFL, so when you're looking at first-round talent and TJ Tampa and Miles Purchase eventually, that's somebody that can say, you know what they're looking for, and you know what the best defensive coach of all time and Belichick is looking for. Yeah. That's going to help TJ a lot in his draft status if you care about that going forward. Yeah, for sure. And so
0: kind of touching real quick on what you said before we move on to rising stars and team captains, um, I think it is... Really crucial, as you mentioned, that Iowa State forces can find a way to force turnovers. That has been the only real weak link. And I say that in quotation marks because it really doesn't matter for almost every year but last year. Um, But at the end of the day, and I think even sometimes on the 2021 team, you're kind of hoping to get that turnover to just spark the offense. I think that's, you know, most days regardless, you know, even when Iowa State had Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Hutch, Charlie Kohler, it sometimes it just still needed that spark. I mean, if Iowa State could have gotten a turnover versus Iowa in 2021, man, what a difference that could have made. Um, but, I mean, overall, I think that that's the big thing. If Iowa State can add on to um, limiting points to giving the offense better field positioning, I think is really crucial um, when you're talking about an offense that's very young, very new, in terms of players and coaching staff and potentially scheme. I think the offense, at least early on, and probably like I would I don't say that I would say like majority of the season they'll need help, not because I doubt their ability to do anything. I just think with a young roster, they just like that you're just gonna need help period. That's that's at any level, high school, college, NFL when you have a young group on You know, either side of the ball,
1: the other unit is going to have to provide short fields for the other one. And Iowa State plays in so many one-score games that just instead of allowing three points if you get an interception, that could literally be the difference in the game. It would have been the difference in the Kansas game, the Kansas State game. Texas, Texas, Oklahoma State. Right. So just a little bit of improvement in that turnover aspect can make us go from four wins to seven wins potentially. Yeah, without a doubt. So hitting on
0: Rising Stars and and the captains of the defense. um, You know, for the offense, for Rising Stars, we limited limited it to specifically freshmen. But very rarely does a freshman play on Iowa State's defense. So most of our guys are sophomores or redshirt sophomores. Um, At my first spot, I have Tyler Onyedem. I think this is potentially the most important piece, um, him or my next guy. I guess I'll just say my next guy real quick. It, it, it My my next guy is Ike. I think T.O. and Ike are the answers on the outside. T.O. reminds me a lot of Ennio Um And I'm not going to say that Ike is Will McDonald because Will McDonald is also probably the best pass rusher in program history. But I think when you look at the archetypes, those are exactly what those two guys are. And when you look at the 2021 team, you had, again, another one of the best... We've been talking a lot... Funny, when we're talking about the defense, we're talking about kind of the best duos in program history. But um, like when Any and Will were together, it was an unstoppable duo. I mean, when you look at that 2021 season, what was Will? Like 11 and a half sacks, but then Any had nine. When you had that answer on both sides, and I think when you even look at last year, when MJ really stepped up, it was like, okay, Will got more opportunities and he got more sacks by the end of the year. So I think if. Um, you know, if you have really good pass rush ability out of TiO and Ike on, on the outside and the dominant force that is um, Dominic Orange on the inside, I think that is a big part for the defensive line. I think it's very important to add that getting quality blitzes and pass rush from linebackers is also important. But just overall, pass rush as a whole is maybe the most important thing for Iowa
1: State's defense this entire season. Yeah, I'll go a little different direction with my rising stars, starting with Malik Verdun, Verdun, Verdun. Right? I don't know. We're my him. pronunciation guy <laughs> for football. Okay, Verdun, Verdun. Okay, I'll, we'll go with Verdun for now. Should we? Do we want to get John's thing real quick? Oh, we're we gonna get copyright strike for this. <laughs> do we? I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Not like that many people listen, right? Oh sure. Malik Verdun. Verdun. What? Oh man. All right, well, my fault, Pronunciation. Anyways, on. he's just that guy that can make a big difference, as we talked about, in just taking another step forward for that defensive backfield. Second guy, Jefferson Adam, backup defensive lineman. I saw a picture on Twitter that he posted. <laughs> that is the entirety of what I'm basing this on. <laughs> he looks like somebody that would play for Alabama. And we usually don't have that guy. Therefore, he's a rising star. <laughs> you don't need to see anything else until he's tested on the field. Yeah. Third guy, Miles Mendezun. We've seen a little bit of him. Yeah. In certain situations last year. He was never in the wrong spot, he was never somebody that gave up a big play. That's all you need in this defense. We have more talented guys that can get turnovers and create their drafts die, so going up a little bit more. He just needs to be solid in that backup position. Yeah. Uh, my third guy
0: is, you know, similar to your third guy. I just went with a different linebacker, went with Carson Willich. Um, again, I think he is your rotational linebacker that can truly make the difference. And I think he also probably gives you the most blitz upside outside of Gary Vaughn. Um, so that's why, I mean, you kind of see when I go with rising stars, it's all something that has to do with pass rush. Um, and as I mentioned, I think that is vitally important to Iowa State's defense uh, this year. Um, but going to the captains, um, you could put a lot of guys, honestly. I'm not going to do what I did in the offensive preview, and if you guys listened, I said two receivers, the running back room, and the offensive line. So The whole team. Yeah, that, that's a lot. So we limited it to actually three this time, starting at number one. It's TJ Tampa. It's the best player on the entire roster. Um, you don't have to say anything. It's Tampa Island. Yep. I agree. He's the best player on the team. He's gonna be a captain. Yeah. Um, my number two, um, and so there's a guy on here that probably or I don't have on here that should be on here, and that's Bo Freiler, but I just kinda of picked one guy at each level. I think just that just kind of explain I think that's kind of John Haycock's defense kinda of in a bubble in a sense. You need that the leader and the star at each level in this three three five that can really make it click. So secondly I put Gary Vaughn. He brings the most leadership, the most veteran pre- the most veteran presence out of the linebacker group. And something we know about again with the three three five, that linebacker D line combo is
1: utterly important. Uh so Gary Vaughn's captain number two for me. I went the direction you almost went yeah. with Bo Freeler from that twenty twenty one game against Clemson on. Yes. Which in that game he seemed like he got literally every tackle. Yeah. Um, he's just been solid. He's been somebody in the middle of the field that's going to stop the running back, the quarterback, whatever, once they get past that first line. Yeah. He's just reliable back there, and that's what you need in this defense. Yeah. Bo's also probably the second-best player on the team, so he really <laughs> should be on my captain list. He's I'd... so
0: underrated on this team. Yes. He's really good. Um, and maybe there's an offensive weapon that emerges, but I I, I truly think that Bo's right behind TJ I think there is a gap just because of how good TJ Tampa is, um, but yeah, Bo certainly great, so as I mentioned, he can be my honorary captain. If I was doing purely like the three best players on the defense, though, he'd be on here. Um, and at number three, following the same trend I have, going at one at each level, I have Dominique Orange as my third and final captain. Again, I think he's the best player on the D-line. The entire D-line is young. I think Jr. Singleton, he's been here for a while. He's a retro junior, so I think Singleton is the oldest guy, but I think Dominique's the best, and um, Jr. was hurt for a lot of last year, so I guess when you look at last year's production, Dominique Orange had the best. Um, him and Tyler O'Neill played the most out of any one of that D-line, um, but Dominique Orange has flashed more and popped more than T.O., um, and certainly now that there's not a lot of depth behind him, he has to be, really good for Iowa State. And I'm not really worried about him being really good, but I think that's kind of the expectation and the need we need out of Dominique.
1: Yep, I have the same guy. I got Big Citrus here. Um this the thing with him is he seems to be the same personality as our new offensive line coach where it's yeah. just everything's violent. He's the first guy in a long time that Iowa State's had that can just go out there and push a guy over. Yeah. And that's what you need in these first couple of games. I'm gonna rest Christmas a lot, and that's kind of what Iowa State' season is gonna ride on. Is you're looking to get to six wins, you need to win. You and I, Oklahoma State, these teams that have really good lines, and he's definitely the key of that. Just stopping the run right at the line instead of letting it get to my other captain, Bro really. Yeah, for
0: sure. Um. So that is gonna wrap up the entirety of the defense. Again, still talked a lot about it, but at the end of the day. It is a lot of really talented players and one of the best defensive coordinators in the entire country and John Haycock. Um, There's nothing I worry about in the defense. Um, It's just kind of, we shouldn't be in a situation where we're asking them to do more, but I just think that's kind of the spot Iowa State's at right now, where if this unit can be even better, I think when you look at, honestly, when you look at the difference between success for Iowa state and Iowa last year's offenses and last year's defenses were really comparable for the two teams. The difference was Iowa's defense first forced more turnovers. And then with those turnovers, they put them in the end zone themselves. And so that is what won Iowa games along with special teams. Shouldn't ignore that, which we'll hit on next. But um, if Iowa state's defense can get that little ask of Iowa's defense where they force turnovers and they score them themselves, That's where Iowa got to, when they win eight, nine games. Yeah, so when you look at where Iowa State goes four four and eight and Iowa goes nine and five, it's because the defense took some to the house and they really won it by themselves. And, you know, had the defense done that last year, and again, we shouldn't have to ask them to do that, but that's kind of what it was last year. And with a young offense and a bunch of new staffs, you hope you don't have to ask for that, but it certainly would never hurt to have that. Uh, But that's really
1: the only thing the defense needs to do this year. <laughs> it's honestly incredible that the state has two of the best corners in the country. Yeah. That's usually reserved for SEC teams. Yeah. But Cooper DeJean and TJ Tampa completely locked down and Yeah. It's honestly incredible watch watching both of them play for different reasons. Cooper DeJean has more pick sixes and flashy plays, but He's more of a ball hawk, yeah. TJ just locks down the complete side of the field. Yeah. So he just doesn't get thrown at as much.
0: Yeah. Um. So heading on to the special teams, which you can argue is also very important, maybe not argue it is important. Um, Iowa State makes a couple more field goals in that same vein as um we've been talking about about the offense. You turn it over one last time, or the defense gets a turnover. It's kind of in that same vein where special teams has to be decent. Um, we've only I would say for the most part in terms of kickers. When you look at what Iowa State football has had, there's only been two really... I feel like there's only two guys, at least through our lifetimes, where we could sit there and not worry, and that was Cole Netton and, and Andrew Mevis. Um, not saying that I expect that to happen this year, but it certainly would be a breath of fresh air. But at kicker, it's Jace Gilbert or Chase Quartet or Contreras. Sorry, I can't even read. Um, I have it as an or just because... It's a kicking battle. Jace Gilbert obviously didn't do enough last year to um, lock it down for this year. And then you bring uh, Contreras, who's a transfer from Nebraska. I think you will give him competition. Um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you said Contreras didn't play at all last year. Not at all last year. He was two for t- four in 2021. So just some guy needs to be, you know, hopefully, you know, one of them has the leg to at least get 45 to 48 down um iowa state kind of never really had 50 yarder guys Um, again mevis and Netton really the only two but if you can just get an accurate guy from anywhere i think the hope is 40 to 48 and you can make most of them i think that helps out the offense
1: um just as much as as you can so those are the two kickers yeah i have Contreras starting just because of kind of new blood in the locker room and just trying something else yeah you see, even when Jace um, Gilbert's kicks go in, they're low-line drives, and every single time you think they're going to get blocked. Yeah. I, j- I don't think the trust factor is quite there yet, although inside of 30, was good. Outside of 30, it was complete coin flip. Yeah. So you're just looking for some sort of consistency there. Something like 75% is good enough. Yeah. If we had that last year, we probably would have made a bowl game. Yeah. And then kicking off at Shackford. Yeah, for which sure. Which also... Just get it out of the end zone, and then you don't have to worry about a lot of things.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, punters Tyler Perkins, um, he figured it out pretty quickly. Um, obviously, he was a true freshman, had that rough experience versus Iowa, but got it down later. I think he had one more block punt in the year, and that was Texas. Once he gets it
1: off, he's good.
0: Yeah, sometimes just he, it's a kind of a slower release, but he definitely has a really good leg. Um, and then rounding out the special teams, kick returner, I have Eli Sanders at the one. Um, Abu Sama at two. I hope Abu Sama is eventually the one, that is, and that's nothing against Sanders. I think Abu is just extremely explosive on that punt returner. Jalen Knoll will have it, and then I have Dimitri Stanley listed at the two um, just in case there's sometimes they want to preserve Knoll for offense. Not that it really makes a huge difference because Iowa State Fair catches
1: it a lot, um, but yeah. I hope they don't fair catch it a lot, because you're going to need to manufacture as many yards as you can yeah. with how I think the offense is going to be. And starting at the 25, I don't think it's going to be quite good enough. So you need some form of what Canadian did, just a couple sparks. Mm-hmm. That meant a lot to that team. I don't think they would have won the Oklahoma game without... In 2020. Yeah. So it's just something to get the offense kick-started, to get a little bit of momentum. Um, I pretty much have the same guys. When you're looking at kick returner. If you're into recruiting at all, this is where you put the guys that are listed as athlete. Yeah. You just need guys that can be that little spark yeah. and just need one hole, and then they can take off for 60 yards. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Just kind of that burst of speed. Um, north and south runners, I think there's a lot of times you see that, at, again, at every level. Too many guys try to go east and west. I mean, both kickoffs and you know regular running backs or whatever, but... I think it's way more important to run north and south on kickoffs than anything. I think having patience is better than trying to go north and south. So if you're slowly starting, like if you kind of get the ball into a slow jog, wait to see the holes, and then you hit him with a one-cut burst, that's all you need. Um, so if Iowa State has more north and south running on special teams, that's kind of where when Brandon wants a few extra yards to help out the offense, patience and
1: a burst is, 10 times out of 10, going to be better than going east and west. That and just catch the ball. Yeah, We didn't sure. have any problems with muff punts last year, which was really nice. Just not having to stress out whenever the punt is in the air, having to make them catch it, it's awesome. And having you have, like, no back there, it makes life 100 times easier on special teams. Yeah. Um, and then we obviously mentioned this in the offensive
0: preview, but Iowa State finally does have its first official special teams coordinator in Jordan Lang. Or is it Lang or Lang's? Uh...
1: I think it's plural, plural isn't it? We're learning all about the coaches
0: today. Lang's, plural. Oh. Um, so, yeah, special teams coordinator. Um, yeah, I just thought we'd throw it in there. But that's pretty much it for the rest of our preseason podcast slate. Um, as we mentioned, we'll be back here in two days for you guys listening on Monday for the U and I preview. Um, Don't expect any answer on quarterback. It's going to be a big war. I think the depth chart comes out on Monday, I believe, is when they usually do it. Monday or Tuesday, we're going to have some sort of information for you offensively. I think it's the only thing we're really going to find out, though, I think, will be the offensive line because I think the big thing that we are not sure about in terms of where guys are playing was Clayton's philosophy is I'll find the best five guys and I'll put them out there. Um, we've talked about this. They had a 6'7 or a 6'9 guy playing center. So he doesn't care if you're small playing tackle, or you're big on the inside. He just finds the best guys and he puts them out there. So I think finding out who that official five offensive linemen are um, will be interesting. Outside of that, the receivers are pretty set at this point with um, Jarell leaving the team. I guess it's something we forgot to mention, Jarell Brock. um, has officially left Iowa State. Jake Rumsberg is officially practicing again. That doesn't mean he'll play. He still has to wait for a ruling for the NCAA. Um, but overall, we're going to know probably 1-2 for running back. We're going to know the receivers. It's going to be an or at um, quarterback, figuring out, I guess, who tight end two is. Um, but we'll dive into that, um, kind of touching on the depth chart quickly, assuming it's out. Um, but also giving you a deep dive as to what Iowa State needs to do to win, and also telling you about you and I and why we are terrified as always
1: <laughs> it doesn't change yeah i I'm excited to get that depth chart though that's just some sign that the season's near. It seems like kind of all of August it seems close, and then it drags on for four weeks, mm-hmm. but week zero is this week, so that's something to watch at least,
0: yeah, for sure um, but yeah, with that guys, that is all we have left um. Be sure to go ahead and check us out on twitter um, it's at side the storm that is the podcast county also go ahead and check out me and brandon's uh, twitters if you want the links to all of those or the usernames whatever will be in the description um, with whatever platform you are listening to the podcast on uh, but yeah you guys like we mentioned once again be back here in a couple days for the you and i preview uh, before we go ahead and close down anything
1: you got brandon um, for the end of today's episode Cyhawk wrestling is on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I'm excited for that. Oh okay. This is the year we're gonna beat them. <laughs> okay. I'm convinced. Oh, I was speaking of
0: Cyhawk, I know. Where is I was sorry, Cyhawk sparked. Oh yeah, soccer played today, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, it started at eight PM, so they're definitely not done. Um but yeah, you guys, that is all we got. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you here in a couple days. Um been Brandon Ness and Evan Wessling. As always, roll clones, baby.